Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations with Ben Dixon. This is a video audio podcast that we've recently started. And hey, we're excited. This is episode two. Before we get going into our conversation today, let me just tell you where you can listen or where you can watch. First, you can always go to our website, Conversations with Ben Dixon, and that will lead you to all the places that you need to pick this up, listen to it, watch it. You can go to YouTube and type in Ignite Global Ministries, and there's a playlist there that says Conversations with Ben Dixon, and you'll see the various episodes. And you can always go to Apple Podcasts, you can go to Spotify or any other podcast platforms and just type in Conversations with Ben Dixon. You can subscribe, share these with your friends. We would love to have you included and involved in all of the conversations that we have on deck. And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to talk about important topics, things that come up for us as pastors and leaders with special guests. We want to talk through these things with a biblical lens, and we find these things to be important. Some of this stuff comes from you. I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of requests. So I want to address the things that we can, especially in this type of format, because you can't always do that on a Sunday morning. And so I just find this to be a really helpful platform for us to do just that. I want to let you know these are going to be uploaded and posted every Monday at 8 a.m. or maybe a little bit before that. And so you can look out for those in all the different platforms that I mentioned. Now today, this is episode two, and we have a special episode for you today. We're going to be talking about a perspective regarding leadership failure. And we're going to break this into two parts. The first today, we're going to talk about understanding leadership failure, and we'll go into that in just a moment. And then the second part, we want to talk about how to deal with leadership failure. And so as we divide it into two two specific episodes, I find that this will be really important for us to just kind of drill down on, on these specific topics and uh, deal with the, this, this whole issue, hopefully as much as we can. And with me today is a special guest, a really close friend of mine, Pastor Trevor Loya, and he hey. is the lead pastor of Terrace Foursquare Church. Want to say what's up? Hey, good hey. to be here. Glad to, to do this. This is yeah. going to be awesome. Yep. So I'm going to do most of the talking. And Trevor's going to be there agreeing with me. No, yes, I'm just joking. Yes, yes. But, uh, I'm just Trevor's, here as the amen guy. <laughs> Trevor's a great friend of mine. We've been friends a long time. And so you're going to have a lot of fun jokes come out. It's just going to happen. And so anyways, <laughs> in this conversation, there's no way. You know, the Bible says that laughter is good medicine. That's right. Right? That's right. I do think there's a point where you can have too much medicine. Yes. But that's when I'm going to yes. have to tell him during this time. So... <laughs> Hey, anyways, we're going to jump right in. Thanks for joining us, Trevor. Yeah, of course. Um, we want to talk first about the recent news regarding some of the high-profile leaders, Christian leaders, that have been in the news. And we've, we've seen different articles. We've seen different posts and blogs and videos. I know I've watched the number. I know yeah. you've read a lot of articles about some of the high-profile leaders. We're talking about Ravi Zacharias, Carl Lentz, and we have some old ones that we can bring up too that were really high-profile mm -hmm. leaders, people like Bill Hybels. And these people have been in the news because it's kind of like one of those moments where you're like, I can't believe that this individual would have this type of failure in their right. life. I mean, it's just really unfathomable. And so just to kind of summarize what I'm talking about, the first one is Carl Lentz. That was a big one that was in the news. Carl Lentz is the former pastor of Hillsong Church in New York. Very, very well-known. Right. Has a huge following on Instagram and huge. all the social media right. platforms. Has books out there, travels the circuit, preaches at a lot of churches. Um, maybe you haven't heard of him, but if you typed into Google Carl Lentz, you'd see lots and lots of stuff. And what came out was a letter uh, back in November from Brian Houston, who is the founder 
of uh, of Hillsong in Australia, and he's also over the entire Hillsong Church Network, which is massive. They actually fired Carl Lentz, and it was a shocker. And so everybody went into trying to figure out what had happened. And basically what had happened was he had at least one or multiple affairs, mm -hmm. and he had a track record of lying. And so this has been well-documented. And uh, that's one of them that's come up. The other one that came up back in May of 2020, there were allegations mm -hmm. that the apologist, the most one of the most well-known apologists, right. Ravi Zacharias. I loved Ravi Zacharias' right, stuff. I know you did. Mm -hmm. Many of us did. Many, many, many books. Great apologists. And in May of 2020, uh, Ravi had, uh, or sorry, May of 2020 was when Ravi passed away. Right. But in August of 2020 was actually when these allegations started coming out that he was involved in sexual misconduct. And when the allegations started, they just didn't stop. They just kept coming. And so there were some responses at first that this couldn't be possible. And there right. are still people today that don't yeah. believe right. that he could have ever done these things. But the reality is that he did because there's been private investigation. And uh, if you're interested, I can post it in a, in a link in the comments section. Mm -hmm. um, there's an actual investigative report that is thorough and complete. You can read it on the internet. Mm -hmm. Also, if you go to our RZIM Ministries website, right on the front, I mean, they're repenting, they're asking for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, they're they're, they're going to be changing names. They're going to yeah. remove all of Ravi's content from their website. Yeah. They just recently came out and it's, yeah, it's crazy. So they're convinced because of the investigation that this was all legitimate. And right. I've, I've actually still talked to people that don't believe it, even yeah, though the investigation has happened, <clears throat> because that's part of what we want to talk about. We want to talk about things like understanding leadership failure, like how does this happen? Why does this happen? Mm -hmm. What's the damage? And so I want to jump in first as we talk about just how to understand all this, right? Because I'm pretty sure you're all familiar with some leader that's fallen in mm -hmm. your life. And it, it mirrors what happens in families. And so we all can relate to this some way where a person that we look up to fails and falls. Right. And I first want to just talk about the damage of leadership failure, because this is so heartbreaking. There's a lot of victims. We're talking about families. We're talking about followers. We're talking about church members and churches mm -hmm. and people that have read books and been inspired and transformed. Right. And it affects all of us. We were equipped by these people. We were encouraged by these people. And now we're sort of stuck wondering what happened, why it happened. And I just for a moment want to talk about the power of the damage. And so uh, as we just sort of dive into that, um, what does this kind of failure from people like this, what does that what does that do to those that follow Jesus in, in your opinion? No, that's a great question. I think that it, it vacillates because we have such a celebrity view of, of these people, mm -hmm. you know, these high profile Christian leaders that um, they're more than just pastors. There's these, these icons that we aspire to be like and even talk like. So many people have been in inspired by Carl and Ravi to mm -hmm. speak with their kind of content mm -hmm. and with their type of style. And it's bred something of uh, Christianity in our day in the Western world. And so <clears throat> it, it can create all sorts of things 
first in leaders, I think um, it can really mess with them. For me, I mean, when I was 18 years old, dealing with wrestling through doubt and people challenging my faith because I was really outspoken, but I didn't know how to defend it. Ravi, I just soaked in Ravi. I mean, I had to look up every other word that Ravi said, yeah, yeah, big, especially big at 18. Vocabulary. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll just repeat what you right. say right. and people Sounds will just great. believe me. But like, I, he just was so helpful in my foundation and understanding yeah. and my wife's. And so uh, it, it was a blow. Like how, how could this be true? Right, he feels right. like a grandpa to me that like, you know, like he's right. the grandpa I, I always wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and I can say that cause I've never met a grandpa uh, anyway. So, uh, but he's just, he's just incredible, uh, in that way. And, and so it was like, I was in disbelief. I was one of those guys in August going like, there's no way mm-hmm. this is impossible. Mm-hmm. And so I think you go through that denial phase uh, when you really not only just see somebody as a figure, but as someone who has been like this distant mentor to you, Mm -hmm. Um, you kind of go through that disbelief, but you journey into really swallowing really what was going on and um, and wrestling through, well, are they still credible? Mm -hmm. Um, How credible is their work? Do they, did they actually love Jesus. And the hard part right. specifically about Ravi is he doesn't get to answer. Right. He's, he's, he's dead. away in May. You know? yeah. 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 So he doesn't get to like actually answer any of these questions or refute any of them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it becomes, you, you kind of are left with this weird, weird thing. But I, but I think we need to help people um, walk through it, talk mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and be honest about it. You know, not mm-hmm. just try to hide the fact that leaders can fail. That's Evident. I mean, we see it on the local level. Yeah, you know, it happens all the time. Unfortunately, yeah. and we don't say that in in any way to to glorify. It's just so sad. We need mm-hmm. to do better. But you know, we, we got to help people walk through the pains of it. Mm-hmm. Allow people to talk about it, wrestle through it, ask questions, and that will really help people be able to kind of really understand how to take what is true and good and the content and the things they've contributed mm-hmm. to to Christianity, but then also just kind of throw out the things that are, aren't so great about it mm-hmm. as well, depending on the situation, of course, but yeah. Well, it's interesting because for me, for me um, when I heard about Carl, and I'm just being honest here, okay, because I, I personally didn't listen to Carl Lentz. Right. I had a level of respect, but it wasn't based on like real knowledge. I didn't listen to his sermons. I never read his book. But with the flash and right. the social media platform, I think I, I think some people responded to Carl Lentz's affair and maybe uh, the allegation of lying and that he had a track record of that. I think some people kind of felt like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. You know, right. Mr. Flashy, right. Mr. Shirtoff, Mr. Justin Bieber's uh, uh, pastor, pastor right, <laughs> whatever. Right. He was always in the I'm media. I'm not trying right. to be judgmental, <laughs> but the reality is I think a lot of people right. responded like, Kind of saw that coming. There has been a lot of conversation about narcissistic behavior among leaders and pastors. Are we true to the Bible? Are we teaching the Word of God? Are we leading biblical churches? That's that's been sort of this conversation that's on the table regularly these days. And so I think he's really under review. Uh, He's been under review for some time. Now, I didn't go immediately to judgment, but it didn't shock me like it did Ravi because Mm -hmm. Ravi Zacharias is somebody who has just been well-respected. He's a well-known apologist. He's, you'd think he lived an exemplary life. And so I think for me, I want to be kind of honest with where I'm at. I thought that, I didn't think it was um, impossible 
to be honest, because I've actually sure. seen this happen so many times. When I heard it, I was struck with, uh, man, this sucks. Right. But I didn't think automatically denial. And, and I want to say, first... Denial is a part of it. I, be, I bet you there's an incredible amount of people that are just have are still in denial. We're immediately in denial. The reason I wasn't is because I think part of my, in my mind and heart, I've seen so many leaders fall that uh, I I just didn't think it was too far fetched to happen. And mm-hmm. so um, I sort of withheld judgment either way. I didn't think he did it. I didn't think he didn't. I just didn't know. But it wasn't something that wasn't po- out of the realm of possibility simply because of of that. And that and that's part of what I want to say is that the damage that this type of leadership failure brings. It, I'm not talking about like um, we all make mistakes. We mm-hmm. all don't follow through sometimes. We all maybe say something that we didn't have the opportunity to fulfill, or we drop the ball. Right. You know that type of failure is pretty typical. It's pretty normal for all of us. But moral failure, having an affair. Um, cheating on your spouse, having sex outside of marriage if you're single, um, abusing your children, uh, abusing staff members, the abuse of power. I mean, this kind of stuff, when you hear about something that is is really credibly serious, I mean, it's serious. Other things, you know, not great. This is really serious. Right. Um, it damages the reputation of the church. It mm-hmm. damages the reputation of Christ. I mean, Christ stands alone. He's the perfect one. We're not. We know mm-hmm. that. But as we represent him, like, it really does bring a reproach on the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that, unfortunately, I've seen so much of it that, like, I think it's possible. And so mm-hmm. I think others feel like that. You feel like, oh, yeah, another one bites the dust. Mm-hmm. And uh uh, and that sounds crude, but like I felt that way, and I, it sucks because like I, I just want you to know, like I still would read his book. I mean, right. I know that sounds. Some people are like I never would read his book, and I've heard of many people, including his ministry, are taking out his content. They're taking out all this stuff. Um, I think we could talk about that in a little bit. Like, what right. what then do we do with all of this? Right. Does that mean that everything this person ever said and did was wrong? No, I mean the truth is still the truth. Right. Exactly. The, the, the Bible is still the Bible. The Word of God is still the Word of God. If a person spoke truth, even if his life wasn't truth, even right. if his life, some of the things that he did in his life weren't perfect, doesn't mean that everything he ever did and said right. wasn't genuine or wasn't really the truth. Because that's the thing about us as followers. Right. We're not followers of Ravi. We're followers of Jesus. Right. But I just wanted to make a comment that the damage is profound. Right. It, and it and it affects us to the point where can we trust again? Right. You yeah. know, can we trust any leader that's well known, any leader that has a million followers on something, right. any leader that sold a million books? Can we really trust them? They're really right. rich. Right. Um, they're. I mean, how high up the pedestal can you climb? Right. Before you inevitably fall. I mean, that's right. right. That's sort of where. Um, Maybe in my, I'm a realist. Well, I think the question even <laughs> even the, the, uh, that you're provoking too is, are pastors ever supposed to be that influential? Right. You right. know, or that popular? Yeah. There's how a difference between popular and influential, obviously. Yeah. But how do you, can, how can you tell that difference? I mean, right. we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, and we see it and we I think we, we've felt it being in the Northwest and um, in Mars Hill yeah. happening, East Lake. Uh, uh, changing the tides of doctrine for mm-hmm. them, and you see the what happens to people, 
and you see a lot of people disillusioned with the church, stop mm-hmm. going to church. How can I trust the church? If you go to church and, and you ask me to do something to give or to serve or to mm-hmm. contribute in any way, are you manipulating me? Right, right. Are you, everyone's very hypersensitive now mm-hmm. to how leaders function mm-hmm. because they, they are looking for how to discern it. Right. And so, so how would you say, what are some key things that we could like look at and go, this is how we know a leader's drifting. And maybe it's not something an average person on a Sunday could see, but how could we manage that in ourselves, you know, as a pastor, what do we need to be careful of mm-hmm. when it comes to those things? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I, we want to deal with that on our next podcast. We're going to be talking about dealing. I want to get, just jump in that whole thing. <laughs> he wants to go too far. I, 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 I think that there are lots of things things that lead to somebody falling like yeah. that, right? So for example, like how does moral failure like this happen? Right. How, how does it happen? Um, you brought up East Lake Community Church. That was a church up in Bothell. Um, they were growing. They were one of the most well-known churches in the area at the right. time. I don't know how big they were, 5,000 people or whatever. And they were always kind of controversial, always having mm-hmm. things happen. And I wasn't a big follower, nor was I a fan. I, I didn't really, I wasn't staying uh, up to date with any of them at the time. And um, what happened among them is they started to go down a different doctrinal road. And it, it's interesting because I was sitting with Dr. Michael Brown one time, and I asked him, I think it was in a car ride, and I said, Dr. Brown, how do churches, how do pastors go down these roads? Because they had just come out in Time Magazine as as gay or LGBTQ affirming as a church, and they were literally on time in Time Magazine as a result of right, that. they were. And it was such a shock because the church didn't realize they were taking this full position. It was like sort of an overnight. Mm-hmm. Like overnight, they just came out to their church and said, this is where we are. They had been kind of hinting around to it, mm-hmm. but then they just... they. Literally the weekend that Time Magazine came out, that's when they did this big thing with their church. And I asked Dr. Brown, how does that happen? How do people go from sort of being biblically consistent, having a sexual biblical, uh, biblical sexual ethic, a Christian sexual ethic? How do they go from that? And he, and he, he literally said um, that doctrinal error u- usually comes out of um, moral failure. Right. That's one of the things he said. And yeah. so I, it's not all the time, Right. but... Moral failure happens because we have sin, or moral failure happens because we have sin in our life, we have doctrinal error in our life. So sometimes doctrinal error and moral failure go together. There are things that people believe. Mm -hmm. You know, I I just wonder, like, did Ravi Zacharias believe things in his mind? Like, I can do this and it's not that bad. Like, where, what was going on inside of him other Mm -hmm. than just the deceit? What was the deceit underneath what we see as clearly anti Bible? Mm -hmm. What was it? I believe that I can dabble in this and it's not really fornication or like mm-hmm. what what got him you know if you if you fall off a cliff it's cuz you walked up a hill right right and so like what were the steps all the way up the hill that right. got him there so we just want to talk for a couple moments about how does moral failure like this happen mm-hmm. how do people get to the point where they they how do they walk up that hill and end up falling off the cliff what right. what are the things that you think Precede yeah. that. I think hu- a huge way, which, you know, uh, in the way you've discipled me, I mean, I've known Ben. Ben has been my one of my primary disciplers, is shameless ministry. plug. Uh, you know, Ben's a, Ben's a good, let's take 30 <laughs> seconds right now and talk <laughs> about just, the way Ben disciples. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, please um, don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, please but don't. you know, is, is you're like, ministry comes directly from intimacy with God. Yeah, amen. And unless yeah. our heart is completely open, to the spirit's conviction 
and like to every part. And I think I think uh, we can be really good compar- putting our our emotional health, all different types of health into compartments. Mm. We can believe something here and our heart's not actually soft to the spirit in our own life. There's a way to read the scriptures to preach on a Sunday, but it's not piercing our heart like it ought to. Mm. And so you're not preaching from conviction, you're preaching from knowledge. And you can even, I think you can even preach with a level of revelation, mm-hmm. uh, but it still hasn't deeply hit your heart. Sure. And and so I think we people can get really good at at splicing those things, yeah. Um, yeah. and become masterful in their craft. And and so, you know, character is the most important thing because competency can always be learned in ministry. Mm-hmm. And 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 but the, we live in a world I feel like that switches that around. Mm-hmm. Get be really competent mm-hmm. at communicating. Have your podcasts. Have all the the things you need to do to make yourself look great because that's how you'll grow a church and that's how you're going to be influential. And all these other motivations seep in mm-hmm. to our heart when really what matters mm-hmm. is us being obedient, mm-hmm. that even in this 2020 Amen. season, yeah. what, what I think I feel like I learned the most is, man, may, may obedience to Jesus be my greatest joy. May yeah. at the end of the day, I say, I look, at, I, I laid my head down on my bed and go, Jesus, was I obedient to you? Mm-hmm. And if I say, if I could say yes, then I can sleep well. Mm-hmm. If I can say no, then I got some work and repentance to do and getting people around me mm-hmm. and to being able to be open and speaking um, uh, just the things going on in my life. Right Now, I think that... So Jesus isn't going to say, well done, good and famous servant. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Oh, man, there you go. Oh, man, that's a t-shirt. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. Are we done? Is that good? So There's a t-shirt that says, make Jesus famous or whatever. (laughs) Right, right. But don't make me famous, right? right? Okay, I get you. (laughs) But but I think like... uh, when, when we look at these things and we and we observe our own life and we see what's going on, we w- w- and and maybe we can comment and, and make some assumptions about the leaders we're mentioning. Is were there people in their life yeah. that can speak anything to them? You know, like could they come and question things about them? The way they taught, mm-hmm. the way they're acting, or the way the media is portraying them, and say what's really going on? Right. And do they have that, or were they in such an elevated status, even among their their community, their own mm-hmm. community, that they they couldn't have that happen? I, I, there's a lot of question about. Well, it's that. a great point. We we talked a little earlier about this actually when it came to Carl Lentz, and it, it might sound like you know we're we're talking bad. We're just wanting to process this because right. because yeah. the reality was is that. So I don't follow this guy on Instagram, but when the news broke, obviously there were posts of his Instagram and there are all these comments mm-hmm. that I read just to kind of follow up on a story like this because it's it was significant. But I read a lot of comments from all these leaders that were like, Carl, you're amazing. And uh, Carl and his wife, I don't remember her name, uh, but anyways, you yeah, guys, you, you're you amazing, Carl. God's gonna restore you. God's, God's best is yet ahead and all this kind of stuff. And that was like one week before the woman that he had an affair with came out and did Good Morning America, you know, yeah. and then actually said that she had a sexual relationship with him even after his Instagram post. Yeah. I mean, just crazy, crazy, crazy town, right? So like something that was interesting to me is, is like there's a culture Mm-hmm. sometimes behind the moral failure of leaders. And I think you brought that up. You're bringing up the fact that like, is there somebody that can actually speak into your life? Right. Is there somebody that's going to maybe not um, go with the grain and they're going to ask you questions because they feel like maybe you're lifting yourself up too much or you're advertising yourself. Self-promotion is a real issue. Like right. it's one thing that like I'm an author, so I want to promote my book, but I always have the tension of like, mm-hmm. what's too far? What's too much? 
And I think you never want to lose that tension. And part of having that tension is having real accountability right. in your life. Right. And I've learned personally that you can't just assume it. You actually have to regularly invite people into your right. life. Like right. even though we're good friends, there has to come a point where I say to Trevor, like, hey, if you see anything, I want to invite you into my life. We've mm -hmm. got to be able to like keep things current. Yeah. And so it, it is a wonder as to the accountability of people that fall. And I would tell you that the same can happen for fathers and for mothers and for local leaders, not just high profile people, but like this is a lesson for all of us. Right. Like this is so damaging, the power of this. I mean, a father falling, a mother falling, um, a, a youth leader falling, anybody, mm -hmm. any of us, it's so damaging that right. it sends it sends a ripple right through a community, right through a family. It does. It causes people to be divided. I mean, the pain of this mm -hmm. couldn't last for years. I mean, right. you look at like the Oprah show or Dr. Phil. I mean, they're just filled with stories. We have talk mm -hmm. shows that are filled with stories <laughs> of pain yeah. from right. people and right. they're carrying this for 20, 30 right. years. And the reality is it starts... Honestly, in decisions that we make to prevent ourselves yeah. from falling, and if we do that, we prevent also the pain that happens in the lives of people that are affected by us. And so I think it's really, really important that we look at whether or not we have accountability. Yeah. I don't know for these people. I mean, but when I looked at Carl Lentz's comments and you see all these people just like, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're going to be better than ever, mm -hmm. you know, it's like... This is great. Like, I'm not expecting people to throw stones. So it's not like, you're horrible. You're an idiot. I hope you don't make it. I mean, that's... Right. But the reality is, is that if I were a friend to Carl, I wouldn't be posting that stuff publicly. No. No. Because the damage that he caused to his wife, the damage that he caused to Hillsong, yeah. it undermines and undercuts the pain... Mm -hmm. That's happening. ...of the yeah. people yeah. that God anointed him to lead. Yeah. And so... While we may not want to throw stones, it would have been better for many people just to stay quiet and to talk to him personally. Right. But to publicly just affirm somebody right. is to affirm the pain right. that so many people... And I just think, to me, that is that is part of this celebrity culture. It's part of this put someone on a pedestal mentality. It's mm -hmm. not okay. Right. So we don't want to throw stones on one hand, but on the other hand, we don't want to like publicly affirm somebody because we understand there's pain in a community. And so I, I've seen the same thing happen in families where a father will have an affair with uh, someone. Usually it's a male, but sometimes it's a female. Um, and that will affect the children and the children are affected deeply and, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the spouse as well. And so what, what you end up having is like, can I trust, uh, like, let's say it's a, a woman that her husband had an affair and the woman might kind of get into this place where like, can I ever trust a man again? Are, are any men right. healthy? Are, right. are many, any men sexually clean or, right. um, or the kids? Like, you know, can they trust, uh, can they trust uh, their parents? Can they right. trust adults? Um, are adults, do they just all have secrets? And one of the things I can remember uh, just kind of thinking through the pain of failure is that uh, people sometimes don't trust the church, as we talked about. They they won't trust leaders. They don't trust the church. Uh, this is actually pretty common today in Seattle culture, especially. Like people don't trust leaders very much. It feels mm -hmm. like you almost have to over-earn that. And I've learned as a, I have a position, many of you watching me, I'm your pastor, but like it takes years to earn 
um, that pastoral voice right. and credibility. And I understand that actually, right. you know, my position shouldn't prove anything. Um, you should see me as a pastor. You should see my example. There should be credibility. It should be evident in my life. And I, I respect that. And so whatever it takes, I think for us to be able to earn that voice and that place and space in people's lives, amen. But um, I've noticed that people will, because of the failure of others, maybe not trust a church or a leader. Now, I just want to point out the logic in that, the illogic in that, mm -hmm. is that if we did that to family, mm -hmm. if we did, if we took the same logic and applied that to family, we would never get married. Right. People would never get married. It's right. like, well, I saw, you know, I saw, I, you know, my dad failed on my mom or my mom failed on my dad. Okay, well, that must mean you're never going to get married, right? I mean, so it's almost like we've got to be careful that we don't disbelieve that there is health. Jesus is delivering people. Mm -hmm. Jesus has brought health into the lives of so many. Right. There are great marriages. There are great churches. There are great leaders. But we want to avoid these pitfalls and these compromises. Now, let me ask you this. I think a lot of why this happens is because of little compromises that yeah. add up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you were to say, why does this happen? Little compromises. What are some of the little compromises that lead to great failures? Yeah, I think you stop I think you stop being disciplined on certain things. So one, I think pastors specifically have a hard time finding a, a pastor in their life. Mm. So That's so good. do you have a pastor? Yeah. Um, someone just asked me at our church that the other day, and I'm thankful they did. They're mm -hmm. mindful of me, and a good friend of mine that said that. And and I. And do. what was your response? I was like, um, well, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm looking on Craigslist for the best guy I could find. You know, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I, said, I was on Craigslist. Course. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I was like, found Ben, and yeah. we became friends. Crazy. You know, what I was saying? like the second line friend item for on sale, Craigslist. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's but, actually yeah. not a bad idea. Do you need a pastor? You post it on Craigslist. <laughs> People yeah, need help yeah, these go. days. I want to yeah. be there for people. Like right. maybe we should just use free advertisement before anything else. <laughs> we keep we, going. I'm sorry. We could try. I guess we're not. No, gonna, we're, we're not going to try that. That you is know, just. I know that we, you and I talk every week. You know, Monday yeah, or do. Tuesday we, we chat. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I usually usually you're driving and getting your uh, your Starbucks. You know, and, yep. and we're just talking though about Saint Arbucks. Yeah, Saint Arbucks. My you know. Saint. Uh, and we're just talking and, and processing job. through things, uh, life, family, church, ministry, having those safe places, mm -hmm. uh, because it is a hard place where you take on so much. Right. Um, right. You, you, maybe you don't see everything, but you hear a lot. But then not only do you hear a lot of other people's stuff, you hear comments that people make about you mm -hmm. and all of that. And not, not to make it anyone else's issue. We just need to know mm. and have an idea of that we need the character enough to embrace the position we carry. Yeah. And and so that means we need to flush it out. So with the Lord, with trusted pastors and people mm -hmm. over you. That's why eldership, past pastoral voices are so important. I think that's that's huge. I think we um we start buying in to we don't need to confess our sin. Like confessing yeah. our sin on a in a lifestyle type of way, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's maybe even to your spouse and to a pastor, being open about what's going on, mm -hmm. confessing, repenting is not an actual way. Well, ah, Jesus just cleansed me, and we can just justify it and justify mm -hmm. and justify. And that's kind of an internal thing that that we need to wrestle with and not make excuses for. And um, 
And then, yeah, there was little compromises. So we just, we will, we like escapes like everybody. Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone wants to decompress after work. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to have something that they do that are, that is mindless because they're living in stress. Right. Yeah. And so what is that? And is it healthy? Right. Uh, pastors can go to food and lust and, mm -hmm. and many of those types of things, or just complete control, yep. try to control family situations, uh, their staff their ministries. And, and so we got to look face to face with those types of things. Right. Be honest about it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think those are a lot of them, you know, I think, I think leaders, um, you know, this can apply to parents yeah. uh, and really anybody we run on empty. Mm -hmm. Like here's, here's the reality. If you're running on empty and you don't got much left in the tank and you know, you're just barely, you're just barely getting by, you have to stop and evaluate maybe how you can become more healthy. Mm -hmm. Because when you're running on empty, you're usually looking for some kind of quick gratification. And the flesh wants that, right? Our flesh wants, and the, there is an enemy. Let's just be honest. Like there's an enemy, there are demonic powers, there is a devil, and there are lies mm -hmm. that are sown into our, uh, or at least against us, against our thinking. And uh, sometimes we just wanna be affirmed and we don't wanna work hard. Right, we don't want to work through uh, being filled again, mm -hmm. and so we just look for something to make us feel better mm -hmm. instead of get filled that's healthy. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we have to be careful if we're running on empty. Right. And yeah. uh, like for example, if right now if you're running on empty and you're barely getting by, I would encourage you to stop and evaluate your life right. and see what you can carve out in order to replace it with disciplines and being with God, spending time in his word, time in prayer, time with your spouse. If you're not doing date nights, even in the pandemic where you couldn't go to a restaurant, I don't know who's watching this right now or what state you're in, what a weird world we're in. Anyways, there's things you can do for free. My wife and I, we walk, we walk in our mm -hmm. neighborhood and she's a hiker. And so when we do a walk, it's like a walk, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't leave the house with Bridget Dixon. And uh, mm -hmm. I love you, hun. I just want you to know that, but you don't leave the house. And uh, number one, she walks fast. Right. And number two, she does not want to do a short walk. It's a disappointment. And I know it's coming and I don't want to disappoint my wife, but there are things that you can do <laughs> that keep you healthy, keep you current, keep you in conversation. This is what fills us. And I think it's important to realize sometimes the things that we think are going to exhaust us are the things that fill us. And yeah. that's the lies of your mind. I think if, oh, if I, if I spend more time doing this or I spend my time, more time in the word or journaling or prayer or spending time with my spouse or my children, oh, that sounds so exhausting. That is a lie. Those are the things that are right. going to fill you. Right. Right. right? I mean, and if that's really what you think. Right. We got to be honest about that. Like yeah. that's something's wrong with that. Something is really wrong. Yeah. And so you've, you've bought a lie. And mm -hmm. so it's in those places where we buy lies that we medicate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so let's just be real, like Carl Lentz, Bill Hybels, Ravi Zacharias, or anybody fill in the blank. These are just human beings that fell victim to their own demise from mm -hmm. whether it was temptation or demonic mm -hmm. lies or whatever. And they made real choices. We yeah. make real choices every day to do, to compromise or to obey. You talked about wanting to obey the heart of God, to live healthy lives or to continue in an unhealthy way. And mm -hmm. that that is going to perpetuate moral failure in our lives. And even if we don't see the big fall, the big crash, Little compromises spoil a lot mm -hmm. of things that God wants to bless us with and do in our life. And so I think part of the great concern is, is that when we, when we think about the great fall, we have to really consider the small compromises. I think for me, that's what it's all about. Is my relationship with my wife healthy? 
Is my relationship with my kids healthy? Do I feel like I'm running on empty? And the other thing, do I have any undealt with brokenness? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, if you are carrying undealt with brokenness in your life, unrepentant sin, uh, unbelief, doubts that you just haven't been able to talk out, pray, pray about, you don't have accountability, these are all big signs. Yeah that that it, these are the things that will grow. It's mm-hmm. like weeds. These mm-hmm. weeds will grow and they will take over and they will become grass. Right. I mean, it will become normal. Like there comes a point where like weeds literally become like grass. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. see bark. It is like normal. Like that ain't grass. Somebody else <laughs> comes over to your house and they right. look at your beauty bark and there ain't no beauty. You understand yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying? There's nothing beautiful about your bark. In fact, you can't even see bark. And this is the rea- this is why you need yeah. people in your life so that they can look at the weeds right. and they go, "Hey, when's the last time you cleaned your beauty bark or when's the last time you saw your beauty bark?" Right. And you go, "What do you mean? Like there's nothing wrong." Oh, my friend. Right. That does not look beautiful. It's good to have people that can see what's abnormal and be able to speak to it, which is why we have to invite them mm-hmm. in. So I I think that all of this is really, really important. You know, Paul said something to Timothy too in the, in the Word of God. Um, he said, "Watch your doctrine. Mm-hmm. Watch your doctrine." We're living in a time of cultural lies. We're living in a time of indoctrination, and there are a lot of things that people are saying. And theology is sort of an inch inch deep mm-hmm. right now. Like it's really quips and quotes, yeah. rather than we react rather than respond yeah. with robust theology. On yeah, things. we need to go right. deep. Right. Like we need yeah. to go deep in what we believe. We need to read. We need to study to show ourselves approved. And so Paul told Timothy to watch his doctrine. He was living in a time of error. He was living in a time of failure. People were walking away from the faith. Right. This all this stuff was happening, and Paul on his way to execution, says, watch your doctrine. There's coming a time where people will not, they will not stand sound doctrine, but they will look for people to say what their itching ears want to hear. That's something that we've got to realize that we all want to hear something. Right. There are things, I mean, people want to hear there's no hell. Right. That sounds good to me. Like there's no hell. Everybody gets in. There's nothing that is required while you're on the earth. You can kind of live how you want to live, believe what you want to believe, and then we'll all be in that sweet by and by one day. That sounds great. Like that sounds like something I want to believe. The problem is it's not true. Right. And the Bible's really clear. That's why God gave us a book. Right. Yeah. And so you're, you're, I'm just saying your flesh wants to hear stuff. Mm-hmm. The culture and the enemy will cater to that. And if we're not watching our doctrine and we're not watching our life, we will give ourselves to error. And when we give ourselves to error, you will practice what you believe. Right. Even right. if on the outside you lie about it, even if on the outside you're not telling the truth. Yeah. You will practice what you believe. So whatever you, you know, we could say we believe one thing, but if we're living in another way, and our repentance isn't evident, mm-hmm. these little compromises, not watching our doctrine, yeah. I mean, it it will manifest yeah. itself. And that's what we see in the failure of so many leaders. And God forbid, right, that it ever happens to yeah. us. And so I, I want to sort of maybe bring us to uh, a close in this conversation, and, uh, and we're going to come back in our next episode and talk about how to deal with this, right? We've talked about the power of it, the pain of it. Uh, we talked about sort of how it happens, yeah. and uh, and we could keep going. We could talk about this for a long time, but I want to want to bring this to a close, and then we'll we'll move into uh, that episode next week. But um, 
Something I think we should close with as we talk about all of these people and all of these situations, it's just simply to say this, is that it's but for the grace of God, we, we would all be falling like this. Right. And so what we recognize today is that we need the grace of God. We yeah. need to understand God's word. We right. need to build our lives on God's, God's word. And we're not supermen and women. Right. We've got to build with each other. Yeah. We have to be in the light. The Bible's real clear. First John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from our unrighteousness. We want to be cleansed. We want to be clean, clean hands and a pure heart. What we meditate on, what we do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I, I don't know if we're going to stop all of these conversations through prayer, but I don't see how else we do this. I mean, we have to. We've talked about people. We've talked about such sobering, serious situations. So I'm going to ask Pastor Trevor to just pray. And if you're watching and you're listening to me right now and you're saying, you know, um, there are some things in my mind that I'm struggling with. There are some secrets that I have. There's some skeletons in my closet. Friend, I want to push just a little bit and say, look, those may you may feel like those aren't that bad right now, but the truth is, is that these little compromises, they grow. And when they become normal, even if other people don't know, it will eventually come out of our life. And we just want to be cleansed. And we thank God for the gift of repentance. We thank God that he helps us. Mm-hmm. He cleanses us. Right. And so what I want to do is just encourage you. Number one, find accountability in your life. I, I want us to have that. Trevor and I have that together. I have that with several people. We want to make sure that we're open, that we're honest. Cultivate your relationship with God. If you're married, cultivate your relationship with your spouse and your kids. Put all of those things in place. Watch your doctrine. Mm-hmm. We want to do all of those things because we, not just so that we're perfect people and others think well of us, but we don't want anybody that would listen to us, look up to us or you mm-hmm. to be affected by our failures. Mm-hmm. We're going to have little failures, but we don't want to have big moral failures yeah. that literally put the credibility of Jesus, his church, um, and really important things like family yeah. on the line. That's yeah. not acceptable. And so would you pray yeah. over us as we yeah. close? Let's pray together. If that's you, pray with us today. Father, we, uh, God, we thank you that you sent your son because you so loved us, because you so wanted us to be with you. God, that you gave everything so that you could win us to your heart. And so we pray today, Jesus, yeah. that as you've given us the indwelling Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is is there not only to empower and to comfort, but to convict. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And we ask Jesus that that you would have your Spirit convict us mm-hmm. of anywhere where unrighteousness is being bred and beginning to grow. We ask Jesus that um, that there would be a spirit of repentance that would fall on us, that we would not um, see it as a, as a uh, condemning thing that you do, but a life-giving thing That's that right. it brings yeah. um, a refreshing to our soul. And so, Father, I pray that um, those who are feeling a level of conviction, maybe secrets are coming to mind, maybe the doubts that have just been undealt with, that have just kind of laid under the surface, God, maybe they're being provoked. Mm-hmm. And I pray um, that they would begin to find a place that is safe mm-hmm. to share. Yeah. 
Yeah. God, going to a pastor or, or just beginning for you to work it out for them. God, we just know you're good and you're mm-hmm. gentle and you're loving. You're a father that's, that's right. not yeah. wanting to crush us, but Thank to want to bring abundant life in us. And so I pray, Jesus, that as we confess, as we make steps uh, of repentance and bringing things to the light, that we would see freshly and encounter freshly the mercy and the grace of God. That we'd see the goodness of God in the midst of it because you are good and we love you. And ultimately, we want to be people who serve you with our whole lives, our whole hearts, Mm -hmm. because you gave it all for us. Mm -hmm. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, God bless you today. Thank you for joining us on Conversations with Ben Dixon and welcoming Pastor Trevor to be with us. He's actually going to be with us next week. Please like, share, subscribe. Remember to click that bell for notifications on YouTube. And again, we're just glad that you could join us. This is going to be a fun journey talking about all these things, whether they're sobering or they just create joy in us. We want to talk about everything that God puts on our hearts. So God bless you, and we'll see you next week.